Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Mel. I'm Janet. And I'm Helen. Hello, ABGs and ABBs. Today's topic is one that truly excites me. The soundtrack to our days lately is bright, vibey, youthful, and mostly in Korean. You may have seen the dance challenges to the song Hype Boy on Instagram and TikTok, or Helen's video challenging her friends to sing the intro to the song Ditto. Woohoo! Ooh, that was off. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just watch her video. I sound much better in that one. Uh, we're talking about New Jeans, K pop's newest darling and little sister, whose songs we have on repeat. So when I found out New Jeans songs have infiltrated both Helen and Janet's playlist, I was beyond excited and hyped that they want to do an episode about it on our main show. It seems like New Jeans, their songs and their aesthetic, they captivated the world overnight. One day we had no idea who they were, and the next we were fans. We started wondering what makes this new girl group so popular, so quick. I mean, they only have six songs, right? That's crazy. Yeah, and over 5 million followers on Instagram. How do they differentiate from other K-pop groups out there? And as we went down the research rabbit hole, we learned some fun facts that we are excited to share with you all today. But first, we also want to give a quick thank you to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services for sponsoring today's episode. Remember to make time for your health. If your last COVID vaccine or booster was before September 2022, it's time for an updated vaccine. An updated COVID vaccine restores protection that has decreased over time, including protection against severe illness, hospitalization, and the worst effects of COVID. Find updated COVID vaccines at vaccines.gov. So now let's jump into today's episode. And for our listeners who aren't familiar with K-pop, don't worry, we got you. We have a brief overview later on in this episode. But first things first, who is New Jeans? I mean, I heard the name and I actually thought it I, I thought about like clothes, like the pants, jeans. <laughs> but no. <laughs> they are a fourth gen girl group with 21.7 million listeners on Spotify as of this recording. Dang. Based off of only like those like six songs that Helen had mentioned. They're part of Adore, which is a sub-label of Hybe, the parent label of BTS's big hit music label. There are five members in New Jeans. They are Minji, 
Hani, Danielle, Herin, and Hain. I hope I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> Please, someone correct me if not. So when we looked up the history to the name, it turns out it actually does relate to to denim jeans or jeans like the ones that you would wear because jeans are a timeless fashion item and the group wants to carve a timeless image for themselves. So that's kind of somewhat of a metaphor. And it's also a wordplay on the phrase new jeans, jeans as in G-E-N-E-S, like, you know, biologically referring to the group ushering a new generation of pop music. Mm. That's really cool. Actually, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Double meaning. I didn't know that either. I was just like, that's a weird name, but it's it's it works, you know? And now there's, yeah, there's a good meaning behind it. Wow. I learned something on this podcast. (laughs) Well, they had a very fast rise to fame. We're talking less than a year. I'm sure they've been working hard on their dancing and singing and building up their talent ever since they were young girls to reach this point. But the first song that the group came out with was only less than a year ago. They debuted in July of 2022 with music videos for three songs. It was Attention, Hype Boy, and Hurt. I love Hurt. Hurt is so underrated. (laughs) And then in August, they released an EP, NWJNS, with four songs, three of which was part of the music video, Attention, Hype Boy, Hurt, and now they added Cookie. I love Cookie. Cookie is good, too, although very suggestive. It's a little risque, yeah. (laughs) But it could also just be a cookie. (laughs) True. They became the fastest girl group to win a grand prize at the Asia Artist Awards when they won Performance of the Year. Honestly, the performances are amazing. And in January of 2023, which is only last month. Is this going to be Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Which is only last month. They released their second album, OMG, with two songs, OMG and Diddle. Diddle. Hold <laughs> on. Oh, my gosh. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak right now. And ditto. Wait, you can release an album with only two songs? That's what I was just thinking, too. I was like, damn, they and even the first album, only four songs and three of them. Like they only added one new song to make it an album. Is that a thing nowadays? Mel, as someone who listens to K-pop much more than I do, is that is that common? I feel like it's actually common in K-pop. And to be honest, like Mm. I don't I'm not fan that I don't listen to all the songs on a full album so I'm only know like their main singles or like they're like they're small EPs I guess you could call it so yeah I think it's pretty common I see damn that is a that is a boss move that's that's awesome yeah. OMG amassed 40.3 million streams in the first week on Spotify damn making damn. it the fourth most streamed album by a K-pop group in its first week surpassed only by Blackpink my other fave K-pop girl group by their three albums and some members have also already become brand ambassadors for fashion labels like Honey for Gucci, Heian for Louis Vuitton, and Danielle for Burberry. Like, Damn. this is insane how fast they've grown. In one month, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in shock. I didn't know it was that quick. It is funny because I see Oh My God and Ditto. It just feels like since we've been listening for so long, I'm like, oh, it's been here for a while. It's only right. been a month. Yeah. I mean, how did you ladies personally discover them? Mel, why don't you go first? All right, I will say that um, just through my general interest in K-pop, I get fed random groups here and there, and I haven't paid much attention to them. But I was chatting with our previous team member, Steph, who also likes K-pop, and she says to me, she goes, Mel, I think you should check out New Jeans. I I feel like you'd really like them. And I do trust Steph's taste, because no one else has said, oh, Mel, you should check out this new girl group. Like, no one has mentioned anything, like, I need to check someone out. But she said, you got to check out New Jeans. And I was like, cool. And I forgot about it for a few months. And then... (laughs) 
I think I was in a more like, okay, I'm seeing new jeans on my explore page and I don't know what's going on. And then I was with the twins and I was like, do you want to, I was like, do you want to watch new jean music videos with me? Like I heard they're really good. Then we start watching and the three of us just got hooked because the the videos is the videos videos. and it's because like obviously so the twins if you guys know them they're also into k-pop and so as we're watching the music video we're noticing little things like wow this feels very fresh it feels new and 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 then jason made this really interesting observation he's like wow all of them have the same hair color and to be honest i think that's actually very different because a lot of k-pop groups will Mm. have like one girl's blonde one girl's brunette one girl's like just to have like a more edgier look but having them all Mm. like kind of all like natural hair colored in one of the music videos you're like wow they, they're keeping it really pure and I think yeah, that's something that really stood out to me about new jeans so I was like okay then with that I watched all the music videos and yeah that's how I got wow. into them yeah that's a good point that their look is a simple thing like that can make them different right mm-hmm. um, you break the mold in just kind of visually that way um, for me I actually also learned about new jeans from an ABG team member uh, but it was our contributing editor Hemi so at our Lucky Cat event in January we were playing uh, we had like a playlist going on Spotify right and um, and I remember I was like walking around the room and then the song came on and she's like oh I love new jeans and I couldn't hear over the crowd I thought she said oh I love your jeans and I was like oh yeah thank you they're from Oakenfort and then she gave me this like really puzzled look like what and then we figured out that there was this miscommunication and she's like no new jeans like that's the name of the the you know this this group and I was like what <laughs> but then after the event she like texted me their song hype boy mm. Um, and, um, that was a song that was playing at our event. And then she also shared Hurt and she was, she also said, you know, Hurt is like another one of her favorites. So then I ended up listening to their album that week and then I had it just on repeat in all of my, um, in my car during, during that week and all my drives. Yeah. Cause it is very catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. How about you, Helen? How did you discover we were like, new jeans? I think this might be the first time that we're all fangirling over something on this podcast. Is it? <laughs> It, it might be right. Like at the same time, we're all yeah. Huge fans. Yeah, we're all huge fans. Um, I heard about them from Mel. Mel likes to do this thing where <laughs> when she's at my house or anyone's home, and no one, and there's like a lull and no one's doing anything, she will turn on the TV and start playing K-pop music videos. This is just the Mel thing. She does do this that. Is <laughs> a, an identifiable Very. Mel thing. And I, I mean, I learn a lot from you when you do that, but you showed us Hype Boy and you're like, oh, this is a new group. This is new jeans. This is Hype Boy. And I was already going to kind of be like, okay, we'll see. (laughs) But, you know, this feels different from other K-pop groups. And I think Mm -hmm. I was instantly a fan for all the reasons that Mel stated, but it's just, it feels fresh. It feels fresh. There was something also with the look and the type of dancing that they did. Maybe the hair was, yeah, the hair was like more consistent and just like going back to long straight black, which I think a lot of other K-pop groups have diverted from. Um, but there was also the dancing. Something about the dancing was catchy. And I think, I remember, I think Philip was the one who said, it kind of looks like TikTok dancing, which I was like, huh, mm. is that what captures us? Sense. But I don't know. I feel like their dance is actually really good. And I try, I mean, I tried it the footwork of, um, oh my God. And oh my God, it's very hard. <laughs> so I can't do it. Um, so it's very complicated upscale TikTok dancing, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I got into them right away because of, because of that music video. I love that. So what Helen said was very accurate. So my intention when I do this is I put it on and then my goal 
and my hope is that they're like, oh my god, I love this. I'm like, it's just to secretly make you all fall in love with K-pop. It's just like these little little moments. I'm like, yes, <laughs> got you. So I'm so happy to hear I hooked Helen and Janet by mere mistake got into New Jeans, which is amazing. <laughs> but I thought it'd be really interesting to kind of like walk through, you know, kind of the K-pop history as someone who has listened for you know a couple years. So what does it mean when we say that New Jeans is a fourth-generation K-pop group? You're like, fourth-gen, what is that? So for our listeners who aren't familiar, here's a very abbreviated history of K-pop generational breakdown. So K-pop started in the early 1990s. So technically, it's not a genre, as NPR described in their Beginner's Guide to K-pop. Similar to the term Latin pop, the term refers more to the geographic designation for the industry than a sonic one. So talent is often referred to as idols, like they're called idols, not artists. Uh, are, are they interchangeable? And the idol system is very famous for their very rigorous audition and trainee programs, which are designed to create world-class talent and have sometimes been criticized for their intense and questionable practices and culture. Like, have you ladies seen uh, or watched a Netflix film about Blackpink, which is like, you no know, Blackpink, Let Up the Sky? Mm-hmm. Um, I have definitely heard about the K-pop training, recruitment. I mean, I auditioned, and it was very interesting to hear and see about. So curious if you ladies heard about the documentary and have gone through any types of camp or, like, similar trainings. Maybe it's, like, even for a sport or for a uh, performing arts program. I did watch the Blackpink film on Netflix and it was very good, very good insight into what the the K-pop training is like, the intensity. Um, it's just so, so interesting to see. And also it was so interesting to see that they start at a very young age that they get into the system. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, watching them, seeing how hard they work, the fact that they are basically roommates living away from their family and having to live and breathe this job of theirs every day to keep up with the hype and the fandom is just insane. The closest thing that I've ever done that's similar to this was um, probably for a show car competition in, it was 2004 or 2005, which is a long time ago now. When I was in high school, my high school show car team went to compete in Florida for a competition, which we did not place for at all, but it was a very good experience. We traveled down there together. We were practicing our songs and our dances everywhere we went, even in restaurants and on the street. Like it was just, we were living and breathing it and we did it for two nights um, and we would just stay up all night practicing the song and singing together. So it was very fun. And I'm sure that's just like a very minor, minor glimpse into the intensity of what they have to go through. But I think we also had, um, we had like three songs. So we were like halfway to new jeans level. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to ask, did you get tired of the practice at any point? It, I feel like it was more just fun. I don't know. It's that, mm. that environment and that atmosphere and that, camaraderie with your other Mm. like show choir members it's just yeah it's just a fun time and knowing that it was going to be limited also I think is what made it more precious Mm. yeah yeah you knew that there was an end date right Mm -hmm. right yeah 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 Yeah, how how about for you Janet uh yeah so I I remember you ladies talking about Blackpink way before I actually started watching their stuff and then once I started watching I did really really like their music but I began first with their Netflix um, mm. movie and the documentary um, and the like that really showed me the insight of to how intense the training was and as someone who did grow up like 
spending a lot of like days and hours in like ballet, jazz and lyrical classes and then in like tech rehearsals and stuff. I have a little bit of a glimpse in that world. And then Mm -hmm. like in high school and stuff, I took dance classes um, with people that do end up going professional. They all so it's like I was in the back, they were in the front and they continue to do this for a really long time. So I had a little bit of a peak, but that's also only dance Mm -hmm. and um, you know, it wasn't something you see people like week in and week out for years, but that's like, you know, they're, they're, of course, they're turning different styles of dance, but it's still also only physical and there isn't that like singing component. There isn't the makeup and the costume 24 seven. Um, so it's, I've definitely not experienced anything that extreme, but I think the closest thing would be, um, I did dance team in high school and every summer we would go to summer camp. And it was that idea of kind of like living and breathing dance from 7am to 6pm for about a week. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're basically starting from 7am, you're, um, every person is going to different classes. They teach you different dance routines and then, uh, throughout the week, everyone learns one routine that is the same. And um, at the end of the at the end of the camp, you perform all the pieces for everyone, and then everyone kind of competes against each other Ooh. for this one routine. And they select like thirty, I think it's like thirty some girls out of their hundred or whatever. And it's the camp's program, their way of like um, saying like, okay, if you're selected, then we extend like an offer for you to come with us to tour. Um, they did like a one week in France and like dancing around for parades. So that was one thing I did that was maybe the closest but yeah I think to your point Helen it's like it was a week Mm. (laughs) you know and it's like I knew there was a finite date um there also was not singing it was just dancing and it was collaborative with like a group of maybe 50 other girls which I think is really different than the pressure of having Mm -hmm. you know four or five um girls that are that are there so I can only I can't I I mean I I feel like I can barely even imagine Mm -hmm. the amount of dedication um it it takes to to do what they go through I don't know I feel like at that age when I'm that young I don't know that I would be able to commit to something to that degree Mm. how about you Mel have you had experience with anything that was similar to like intense training I don't know if I'd call it intense training because I think nothing compares to like the 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 rigorous like training programs that like Blackpink and everyone else goes through but I will say performing arts was, like, a huge part of my life ever since uh, before going to college. And I also, like, Helen was in show choir. But I also was in um, – I did choir all all throughout my youth. So I was in um, advanced choir and chamber choir on top and then show choir at the same time. So it was, like, three choirs at once. And we – I feel like our choir is, like, extremely, like – when you're a choir person, you're a choir person. Like, nothing else really matters. Like, I was that type of choir nerd. Um, and like, I knew like some of the composers and things like that. Like, and so the way we trained for show choir is that we had two, we had one major competition, similar to your Florida one, but ours is in LA. So we were in the Basin Bay, drive to LA, but our practice was, I feel like our school really wanted to stand out because, you know, our school wasn't known for like, I don't know, it's just like performing arts, like they took it really seriously at our school. Um, and so we would practice an hour during the school week. And then on Saturdays for the whole year, we had to practice from nine to 5 PM. I remember like we do different things. Like she would have us run around like the, the theater and sing to make sure our stamina and our voice was stable, like little things like that. Um, she would have us like, I remember we would have to sing, like we partner up and you sing and your partner would go as far back until they could, it's like learning how to project your voice. Like, how far can you project? So we would do different training methods mm-hmm. like this. So just, like, it, it did feel somewhat intense because everyone just wanted to be perfect. And we had to, like, just be 
amazing. Like, we also had a dance instructor. We had a, sorry, we hired a choreographer for show choir to make sure everything was lined up. And at the same time, I, I did feel like it was so, sort of intense because, like, a lot of the people in show choir were in other choir groups, too. So I had to also, like, learn, like, Latin for, like, my uh, my chamber choir song or this Gregorian chant music. So just, like, felt like knowing a lot of things at once was a little bit stressful on top of school. But... Nothing like K-pop, but I think part of me wonders is because I was so into, like, performing arts that, like, K-pop really spoke to me because I wanted to perform. Like, mm-hmm. the stage, the lights, all of that just felt really, like, like a next-level version of show choir, I guess you can say. So maybe that's why, for me, like, I'm so into K-pop. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's interesting to hear both your backgrounds. Like, I actually did not know you are in sh- – I, I forgot you are in show choir, Helen. And, Jan, I knew you are always a dancer, but, like, that's that sounds really intense to go through all those different, like – competing against other these other girls yeah I think I mean the one big difference I will say about like my personal experience with anything that is like an intensive training is from what I saw in that in that documentary for Blackpink and what I've heard um, is that k-pop training is intensive not just in like the the curriculum Mm -hmm. or the agenda but it's also the the air of the instructors and the pressure the way that they critique I heard is like not very friendly right like it's just very tough Mm -hmm. um and versus I feel like you know as serious as maybe some of the competitions I went to or whatever like at the end of the day it was always kind of like we're here to have fun you know like uh, our instructors were always like more positively encouraging than negatively oh. so mm. I think I would buckle under like if someone was like <laughs> yelling at me I don't know that's so interesting we, we, we could definitely we definitely like got yelled at for our for our performances um, yeah. but I, I thought be did you get yelled at for your show choir or is it more like I knew you're involved in volleyball so is that more intense I mean, they were they were both pretty intense. Our show choir was also um, one of the more intense like choirs. I know that was the mm-hmm. one that everyone wanted to get into for all of the choirs that we had. Like there was gospel choir, regular choir, show choir. I think there was one other one too. But everyone wanted to, and I I don't know how I got in, but <laughs> I that's think amazing I, I'm, though. I'm a good blender. I can blend in the background very very well. Definitely not a lead singer. I remember at the show choir competitions, there was always the um the big dance that everyone had to just learn to do together and anyone from any school could sort of like step up and try out for the the lead solo and I was just like nope I'm gonna go get some food <laughs> like that's not my role I know I'm a background singer um but it was it was I remember it just being very intense like we were also practicing all day and night on weekends just to make sure we were ready for the competition the weeks leading up to it um but it was I, I think the memories that I have of it was just that it was more just fun. It just felt like a mm. like a like a little escape from school. From I was doing a lot more sports, so it felt like a, an escape from sports. And I also the lights and being on mm-hmm. stage. That feeling is something that I also very much enjoy in in like a very in a performance way too. I did mm-hmm. I remember enjoying that a lot. Um, and yeah, I guess we do that in a different way now with ABG where we go up and we speak, but it's different like, than, you know, having mm-hmm. a rehearsed performance and you're just going to go out there and dance and Definitely give it your remember. all, you yeah. know? So yeah. yeah, it was, it was a fun time, but I can see, I mean, just how much pressure these young mm-hmm. girls go through. There's a part of me that wonders because they do see the success of people who've been through this training program, maybe mm-hmm. they're just wired mm-hmm. to think that whatever happens to me, I just have to get through. I just have to get through. But it's like, what does that mm-hmm. do to them mentally too? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. 
Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I know it's a side tangent, but I, I think hearing us talk, like, recount our, like, previous performing arts history, it does make me, like, really want us to do something in the future because I feel like, I know we changed, I feel like we had to adapt to, like, where we are in, we are now in life, but I think part of me, like, or my, like, childhood side is always, like, I want to get back to some kind of performance because that was what I started with, and I think all of us have a kind of connection to that. So, one day, but also very excited to be talking about new jeans and K-pop, but, um, I, we did talk about New Jeans as kind of like the fourth generation. And I will agree, Helen, that I think there's been so many generations that there is pressure. And so I thought it'd be interesting to kind of talk to like what K-pop groups came from what generation. I think may have, some of us or who are listening right now may actually know some of these groups and you may have forgotten. So we talked about first gen. First generation. This started in the 90s. And they call it the origin of the idols. That's what NPR calls it. But some groups that maybe you might know is, you know, it is H.O.T., Finkel. Finkel's, you know, Hyori, Hyori's group. And at that time, the three entertainment companies that are really big are SM, JYP, and YG. We go to 1.5 generation. It's Boa, Rain. Rain is who I started with. I'm pretty sure you all know Rain. And this, for me, and a lot of the baby the people, you know, who grew up in the 19, who were also 91 babies, second generation was a huge year for K-pop. And I'm talking about Big Bang, Wonder Girls, Girls Generation. Like, that was a big generational year. 2004, 2007. And then Gen, gen 2.5, like, Shiny 2PM. Third gen is BTS, GOT7 twice. Um... And I want to quick. I'm gonna include this quick note. So third generation idols invested more into developing and storytelling the group concepts and our quote unquote universes to attract fans who want to meet and need more than just the music, according to Koryabu. So I, I would say this is why BTS is so strong. They their lyrics really speak to the fans. 
And we have Generation 3.5, which includes Blackpink, Cosmic Girls, and now we are in the fourth generation, which is in 2018 to the present time, which includes New Jeans, Stray Kids, Itzy. Okay, so and the note about fourth generation idols is that it transcends geography and that it's no longer based in Korea. Like the fan base has definitely gone global. And um, all the boundaries have been removed from K-pop. Um, so I can I think we kind of see this with new jeans. It feels fresh. It feels different. So that's a little like, quick rundown of the generations. Kind of going through everything, do you guys have a generation that really spoke to you or, or you have a connection with and why? First, I have a question about the generations. Mm-hmm. How do they distinguish one generation from the other? Is it just when the, like the sounds became different or like... That's a really good question. I feel like it's like the waves. I think maybe in like certain years, like like a bunch of like a bunch of idol groups debut at a certain time, and their sounds maybe kind of similar, and then the next wave kind of joins in. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's kind of generally in trends, like the the people in one generation have something in in common, mm-hmm. right? Something about their sound is similar. Mm. Um, thank you for sharing that history, though, Mel. That was like, oh, I feel like that was like a a little lesson. <laughs> um, For me, I actually, like, as you kind of were going through the first couple of generations, like, 1 and 1.5, I recognized, like, the names Boa um, and uh, and, uh, Hiori and I think, like, Rain. But I personally, I remember when I was in high school at that time, other people talking about it, but I barely, barely had a concept of it. I think for me personally, when I started having, like, a more one-on-one relationship with it, um, it was more... Uh, generation 2.5 and kind of strange but it was uh, size Gangnam style oh yeah <laughs> and I think because that was the first time that I like um, that I heard an Asian artist in like super mainstream mm. you know I think he blew up also because it was the time of YouTube and everything uh, but I just have distinct memories during that period of like I I was in New York and I was like trying to to kind of like meet people there and, and I would go to parties and like his video would be on or people would dance to his song. So I guess his music and his period holds a very like specific um, memory in my mind because of that period of my life. Uh, and then I think it was after the generation 2.5 point where then we get to 3.5 with Blackpink and it was after, mm. you know, speaking with you ladies and learning and hearing from you that I then got really into Blackpink and I started watching their stuff. And then I guess now kind of new jeans is the next of that. Um, but yeah, some of those earlier ones in the in the 90s, I it's like very faint memories, mm-hmm. but I didn't know them at that time when they were big. Mm. Um, how about you, Helen? I would say for me, it started 1.5 to 2. That's the period of time that I was in high school, finding myself surrounded by more Asian people who share their interest in music and K-pop fandom. And one of my best friends, Christine, was a huge K-pop fan. So she introduced me to BOA, Big Bang, H.O.T., etc. But I loved Boa. Boa was the one who stuck mm. for me. She was my absolute favorite. I listened to her nonstop, sang her songs as if I knew Korean, but it was all gibberish when I sang her songs, and I'm sure it sounded highly offensive. But I guess now I'm back again with Generation 4 New Jeans. I would say in between, I didn't really get into any of the other ones um, that had come out you know i would list i liked like certain songs from twice bts but just never really got into them Mm, mm. yeah so it's a huge jump for me how about for you mel first of all i could see you loving boa she has like very like boa is just amazing she's a great solo artist and her dance was her dancing is incredible her dance she's an amazing dancer yes amazing um i could kind of see her moves in you a little bit actually um 
For me, I had the strongest connection with generation, second generation, and I guess 2.5. I, this is a year that I went to like my first K-pop concert because I, I went to the SM town, which is like girls generation, super junior. And I was in love with 2PM. Like 2PM still one of my favorite boy groups because they were like, they were known as beast idols. That sounds really weird to say beast idols. But this is the first time like the, the boy groups came with a more masculine look. Like they were shirtless and doing all these like tearing off their sh- clothes. And I was like very excited. Um, so yeah, I, I think I spoke most, I loved the second generation the most. And I kind of skipped around like, I think after that, like, I, I knew some songs from, like, other people, but second like, Generation 2 is always my favorite. Um, so speaking of these groups we mentioned, we actually all went to a K-pop concert together where we were able to see a lot of the 3.5 Generation groups live. I'm not sure if you guys remember. This is actually both your first K-pop concert, and I was so excited. The only concerts I really go to are K-pop ones, and you can feel the energy from the audience. I'm not sure if you both feel that. But with everyone screaming their biases name, it's also a good reminder to check in on your COVID vaccine. You know, with more opportunities to attend these fun live shows, you want to make sure you're keeping yourself and your loved ones safe. If your last COVID vaccine or booster was before September 2022, it's time for an updated vaccine. Find updated COVID vaccines at vaccines.gov. We can do this. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Thank you for that, Mel. Um, I I remember the concert and it was it was very fun. The energy is insane at a k-pop concert it's like every single person is screaming at the top of their lungs and i I don't think i've felt that energy in any other type of like concert oh maybe taylor swift but (laughs) Mm. well now that we've talked about who new jeans is what k-pop is and covered the different generations of k-pop let's talk about what it is about new jeans that has created a recipe for success because after three decades of k-pop new jeans represents a fresh take on music and style what did they do differently, though? What are the elements that make them so unique? Without making this an analysis of what makes their music sonically catchy, we'll leave that to the music experts. There are a few things about New Jeans that stood out to us and, and to me while we were doing the research for this episode. So for one, I think their debut was a bit unexpected, but it was still invigorating. Like their first music video on YouTube was without a heads up, which I think was unusual given that the industry mm-hmm. is typically known for meticulously planning out the marketing and their rollouts, especially for new groups. I think for new groups, usually the rollouts include announcing albums, opportunities to pre-order, teasing content, and then and then the final reveal, right? Mm-hmm. So this was just a fresh, a different take on what people typically do. Yeah, so in contrast to New Jeans, a lot of uh, in the past, a lot of companies, entertainment companies, actually follow the trainees before they debut. So it wasn't like a here we are. It's more like let's follow their journey as they try to become K-pop idols. And some notable groups that have done this are 2PM, Big Bang, and B. So if you guys on on YouTube, just look them up. You'll see them like prior to pre-debut, and you see them like audition and do all these things. Um, I actually discover a lot of these groups through these shows. Another method that is really popular in the K-pop world nowadays is televised TV shows like Produce 101, um, which is one of my favorite shows. Pretty much it's like American Idol, but you're voting for your top 12 favorite members and they go, they form into a group. Another, another additional example is 16, which is following uh, JYP's formation of the new girl group, which is the result is twice. So yeah, a lot of before, a lot of companies would just follow these trainees. But with New Jeans, it's very different. Well, you're saying for Produce 101, that show, people vote for their top 12 favorite? 
Like how, yeah. Isn't isn't there a certain dynamic that you need between the group members or people are just voting for are you are you voting for a position in the group? Or are you just voting it for kind your of, top twelve? I feel like what they do is you actually vote for your top twelve, but what happens throughout the show is Produce One O One is they actually every episode is a different like like different um i guess like challenge so there'll be one one week is like okay everyone's gonna just perform sing and dance and you get ranked the other week is like you they break everyone up according to their roles like quote unquote when they're on like every k-pop group has a role like you're either like the vocalist the rapper or the dancer and you divide up into according these roles and you compete against each other for their certain roles Mm -hmm. and i think what happens is produce one one is like they're pretty much showcasing everyone's talent and throughout the week you're voting so you're voting for like oh who i think should make the k-pop group i think by default by showcasing mm-hmm. these different talents you're like this girl deserves she's a great dancer or that girl's a great right. vocalist are there any actual successful groups that have come out of this show uh yeah all of them have been really successful for produce 101 they have created 101 and i don't know if you remember this helen but we were at a k-pop concert and i literally was running from my seat because i was like i have to watch this group right now i can't talk uh because i watched them form <laughs> so 101 is a boy band izone and i hope i say it right it was izone and ioi or mm. they're all different groups and the thing that's interesting about produce 101 is not only you're invested as like someone voting like i try to vote every week even though I'm like based in the U.S., but the group, the group is like they're only allowed to be, um, I guess, an active group for about a year, and then they disband and go back to the entertainment companies, and they form new groups out of that. So that's how they become what? so popular. Whoa! Yeah. So one o produce one o one is that pretend like Helen, you're from YG, Janice from JYP. You they send you to the show to compete to like represent their company, and if you make it to the top twelve, mm. it's like really good look on your entertainment company. But you already have a background of training from these from your company. So after your one year is up, YG will take you back, Helen. JYP will take you back, Janet, and they put you in a different girl group. And the 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 marketing component is that. You're already known in the K-pop world as an individual artist under this other K-pop group. Now you are going to be in a new group and it'd be popular as well. Oh, so Correct. it's like almost that. That is very formulaic. It's it is using fame from one, and then you can use the fame from that one person to start a new group, and then the other people can get famous from that, and then so on and so forth. So wait, so are you saying that the groups 101, IZONE, IOI, they're all going to disband soon because they're this year is going they're- to be coming up soon? They already disbanded. So it depends on the season. Oh. So season 101 was like a few years ago. They already disbanded and now they're all doing all like they either they go back to entertainment companies and either one become a solo artist, two become a boy band, like one member like they form their own boy band or three they might pursue acting. Like just different things. But right, the but, reason why produce 101 is so already a really successful group. I don't It doesn't matter. It's kind of more oh. like this is like this is like their because they're so loved by the country, they're so famous when they go back to the group, that fame extends out. Like from the new group they formed. So it's not just the it's the individuals that people like to have. Yeah, it's a strong marketing. That's, very, like, that's very strategic and very smart. Yeah. Well, the fact that it's a TV show, you get people so invested. It kind of reminds me of I guess in the US we have like American Idol or other any other show where it's like fan voting based. Mm-hmm. Um, that is such a good strategy, I guess, to build rapport. Yeah, it's yeah. very making wow. the band. If you guys remember that show. Yes, yeah, love that yeah. show. Yes. So Mel, you mentioned that like there are also certain roles in the groups, right? Um, I've I've heard a couple of these, but it'd be interesting to hear like what what are some other ones that are like typical within a K-pop group? Yeah, so a lot of K-pop groups like to like assign again, like you mentioned, different roles. Um, maybe it helps them dis- distinguish the different like responsibilities. But um, besides vocalist and rapper and dancer, there's the leader. 
That sounds like so legit. But the leader is usually the oldest member of the group or the member who has trained with the entertainment company for the longest time. And typically selected by the agency or the rest of the group, the leader is supposed to motivate the other member. So if you watch a lot of dance practices for BTS or like their um, behind the scene videos, RM, Rap Monster, is their leader. And you can see them like, hey, guys, let's go. Like he'll be the one to pick it up to like get everyone's attention, to manage like the group's morale and to make and he'll be the one maybe even like sometimes the leader will be there to take the blame if people or people are slacking. So this is one that they hold a lot of responsibility. I don't know if this is popular nowadays, but back in the day, there's also the quote unquote, the visual, which is like the good looking one, because every group member needs the good looking one, apparently, to get all the brand deals or something. And they're often they're often the center in the photos, the first person to start the song um, and again, get the most brand endorsements. Um, Again, the dancer, self-explanatory. Um, they're usually the ones that do a lot of the dance solos and the members go off to the side. And the last one that I find really interesting in the Korean entertainment is called the Makne, which is the youngest member. Like, they're always like, oh, she's the youngest one and always, like, the cutest one. And, like, a lot of people, when they go to, like, the different talk shows, will know she's the youngest because, or he or she the youngest. It's just, like, a, maybe a personality trait. But these are the other roles you might find in it in a K-pop group. Yeah, Mel, I think that's so interesting. I know I've heard you mention the other ones before, but the last one, the young, cutesy, more reserved, that's an interesting, like, persona that I feel like is very, like, cultural. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I don't know that that would, you know, you don't really see that in, like, U.S. pop groups, I guess. Mel, are you the Makne? I totally am of ABG. I'm, I, and I'm damn <laughs> proud of it, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the part I actually find really interesting because I've always like I don't know behind closed doors and I probably tell you guys this over lunch but I'm like I always wonder like what our roles would be you know I'm curious I guess for listeners leave in the comments um like what you think our roles would be I mean, I'm totally gonna ask Instagram that <laughs> <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As we're talking about the different components of success, in addition to the marketing, um, another aspect of new jeans that we notice that makes them different and may explain a little bit of their success is their overall like look and sound are very different from what's typical for K-pop. Look-wise, their style is very reminiscent of like Y2K nostalgia. It's very vibrant. It's very youthful, very au naturel, kind of like you ladies are talking about. They have all have the same kind of color hair and it's like natural colored. I'm like, usually maybe it's a little bit more um, different in, in other groups. And sound-wise, they're extremely danceable pop and R&B tunes full of retro synths and a penchant for 90s club music, according to Variety magazine. So in that way, they are different than what's typical K-pop. How would you ladies describe, I guess, like the sound of typical K-pop? It's still kind of dancey, right? But maybe this is just like specifically 90s club music? I'll be honest, I can't really describe it. I just, it's something you just hear. I don't, I, it just, I can't describe it. I'm the worst of describing this. Mm. I would say it's usually more cutesy. 
But that I know that's very uh, limited, though, to certain groups. But I feel like that mm-hmm. that to me is generally what I see when I think of K-pop. And I, I think that's why I, yeah. I do like Blackpink and maybe New Jeans a bit more because it feels a little bit more. Mm. There's a little bit more of an edge to them. That is true. I've noticed that as well. Yeah, those are the two groups that I kind of resonate. And I think it's like that R&B, R&B tune to them. Mm-hmm. That is a little bit similar to like more um, like R&B tunes from the 90s in America, mm. or like the early 2000s. Yeah, I can see that. So another thing I will say that K-pop groups like to do, um, and this is where I think New Jeans also follows that trend, is that a lot of these members have prior experience. Like Danielle, she used to be a cast member on a variety show called Rainbow Kindergarten in 2011. That sounds very cute. Hedin, which is a, the baby of the group, she's I believe she's 14, performed in a children's music group. And... Um, a YouTube collective called Play With Me Club via Pocket TV. And then she also then graduated from that group in 2021. And Honey and Minji made cameos in BTS's 2021 music video for Permission to Dance. And a lot of companies that are under like the same umbrella would take trainees from that program, trainees from their umbrella company, and put them in like current groups' music videos. Very popular trend. Mm. Um, the one thing I also want to note that we didn't mention is that Honey is also the first Vietnamese-Australian K-pop idol. So that's actually, that's, that's very new. So that was really cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So some things to know. I'm so curious about her, just her lifestyle. She's like, how did she, you know, learn Korean while in Australian mm-hmm. and being Vietnamese? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, okay. Something else that we learned is that the mastermind, the CEO of their label, Adore, is Min Hee Jin, a true ABG Asian boss girl. She is well known for her previous work as SM Entertainment's creative director, overseeing notable groups like Girls' Generation, EXO, and Red Velvet. And in a Billboard interview, she shared that her intention with this group was to create a label with a brand new look that did things never seen in the K-pop scene before. She wanted the songs on the EP to be strong enough to stand on their own instead of having just one lead single, which completely agreed. I can't pick mm-hmm. what song is actually my favorite. Whether it's OMG, Ditto, Hype Boy, Attention, Cookie, Hurt, they are all so good as a standalone. That I'm just like, yeah, these are all good singles. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. also said in an interview, we tend to stick with what's stable because we fear failure, but nothing interesting ever happens if you just stick with what's stable. If we're ever going to make the world mm-hmm. a little more interesting, we have to try new things and adopt an attitude of being more open and accepting about it. I love that. Wow. And I feel like a that's a model that we yeah. should just all live by and not just in the music industry, but into our own world as well. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found that quote very inspiring. As yeah. Well. I think it's also awesome to see someone who's like, as a marketer, like she literally like accomplished that with new jeans, like with her intention. Like, wow. Like, all of us feel that way just by watching and listening to their songs. And they're just their branding of the group is mm-hmm. amazing. I think what was interesting to me about that quote or the way that her perspective on being able to create something new and having to be open to failure is like, I think generally in like Asian culture, it's promoted Mm. to kind of um, to more follow tradition and maybe err on the side of like what has worked. So it's especially refreshing to hear, um, you know, her say that as a woman and as an Asian person. But I also think that as someone living in the U.S. Mm. and, you know, consuming a lot of the mainstream U.S. content recently, it's kind of felt like a lot of the movies and things that have been coming out have very much been dependent on like sequels and similar storylines like there hasn't been a lot of risk taking as much in the U.S. market, I feel like. Mm. And we're seeing more of that abroad, which is kind of cool. Ooh, very interesting observation. I, I, I 100% agree with that. And now as we're nearing the end of this episode, wrapping it up, we just wanted to ask um, Mel, 
You're such a big K-pop fan, and I think, is this one of the first episodes we've done about K-pop on ABG? Main podcast? Yeah, I think so. Because we did one on K-dramas, but right. I don't think we've done one on K-pop. Yeah. yeah. We would love to hear, what does K-pop mean to you? This is actually a very deep question because it's easy for me to say I just love it because it's something that's been part of my life for almost ever since high school. In the, what, when I was 16, now I'm 32. I think K-pop for me is is an escape in some ways. It's a it's a it's like a it's a way for you. It, how do I say this? When I'm put on K-pop, it just makes me feel really happy, and it's a mood lifter. And I think sometimes it's hard to find music that makes you excited, happy, and just puts you in a good mood. Um, I don't really feel that way a lot about American music sometimes, unless it's like the summertime, they have really good summer jams. But K-pop has this consistent way of just brightening up your mood. That maybe this is why I love it so much because I want to feel happy. Um, I also wonder if K-pop just means a lot because, again, like we said, we come from a performing arts background to see faces that look similar to you who are Asian on stage being sexy, playful, beautiful, cute. It makes it just a reminder of like this like this childlike side of you that you're like, oh, that's just amazing to see other other girls do this too. So I don't know. I think it does mean a lot. Um, yeah, I just. It's just, I can't believe I'm still listening to it in my 30s. And I, maybe it's because I'm holding on to something I still really love from my childhood. And it's a remi- reminder for myself to be happy and, like, you know, be useful, I guess. Aw. That is very well said, Mel. Thank you. Thank you. And I will say thank you, ladies, for joining me and excited that you both love New Jeans and um, doing an episode on just K-pop. You know, as a longtime K-pop fan, this episode was so much fun to record. You know, like I mentioned, I started listening to K-pop back in high school. At the same time, I started watching K-dramas. Um, and the new music, New Jeans, is releasing just feels so fresh and makes me excited to be a K-pop fan. And, you know, learning about the strategy that goes into their work and image is a fantastic reminder that there's always room for innovation and a fresh perspective. We also want to give a quick thank you again to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services for sponsoring today's episode. Remember to make time for your health. If your last COVID vaccine or booster was before September 2022, it's time for an updated vaccine. An updated COVID vaccine restores protection that has decreased over time, including protection against severe illnesses, hospitalization, and the worst effects of COVID. Find updated COVID vaccines at vaccines.gov. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support, or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube, where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dear ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at asianbossgirl. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree and our link in bio on our Instagram and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all of her magic on our episodes, including this one. In addition to our main show that releases every Thursday, we now each host mini shows that release on Tuesdays. Tune into K-Dreaming with Mel, Living Well with Janet, and Spill the Baby Tea with Helen. Each week we release a new episode of one of the shows right here on the Asian Boss Girl feed. So be sure to tune in to us on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay, well, thanks for giving us your attention. And we'll see you on the next episode. Hey, there we go. That was well done. Thanks. All right, see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.